Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We've got Gonzo, also known as Super G, joining us in the building. Jackie, the crypto juggernaut, and Andrew Cashflow, also known as the Cashflow King. So very excited for this episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how Shark Tank star Kevin O'Leary is bullish on crypto regulation. Bitcoin is down over 70% during this bear market. We show our listeners why the government is incentivized to regulate crypto. XRP is looking more bullish than ever with massive updates from the SEC versus Ripple lawsuit. We explain how 2023 could be a year for the history books. HBAR is getting listed on Coinbase, while Warren Buffett is indirectly hinting at the success of XRP. With Rosie Rios on board, this is a great indicator for the future global dominance of the crypto market. China is expanding their digital wand testing, moving the world one step closer to CBDCs. And Cardano was only six hours away from its Vasil hard fork upgrade. As the crypto market continues to evolve, we show our listeners why ISO tokens are projected to create generational wealth. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So guys, Johnny Crypto is not in the building, but don't worry, we got Super G joining us today. So Gonzo, what did you think of the show yesterday? I hope you had a lot of fun. And how are you feeling today? Uh, it was awesome, man. It was great, you know, because, you know, the Wolfpack's in the house. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Yeah, it was a great show. It was the first time that I'd been with Waters, but me and him have communicated. Uh, and, and it's just great. Like, listening to him talk, I can listen to him talk for hours, right? We've been on those Friday uh, streams that go on for like three hours and just the whole esoteric part of everything. So it, yeah, it was awesome, dude. And how about that Fed meeting and the volatility in the market? Like we had a right? like crazy one hour candle that just ripped up and then ripped down and back up and back down. So it was pretty crazy. And what's exciting about that is despite all the bearish news, we got a green day for XRP. XRP is about 45 cents this morning, but Andrew Cashflow, I'd love to hear from you first, my friend. What's on your mind? And thank you for making time for us today. How you doing? Uh, mute button, Andrew. Sorry about that. It's Thursday. So, uh, nay, I'm doing great. Actually, uh, yesterday I was at a real estate uh, conference. Uh, it was also very interesting, you know. I like cash flow. So, uh, and uh, yeah, today uh, working uh, working on the course again. And uh, actually, I'm also a little bit diving in the, the, the staking for Ethereum. And there are also possibilities to stake Ethereum on a, on a, on a decentralized platform. And, you know, I'm figuring it out. And uh, yeah. It's interesting. That's awesome, Andrew. Thanks for making time for us today. I'm excited to hear your insight on many of the topics we have prepared. So we've got China expanding their digital wand. The Chamber of E-Commerce is getting involved in the Ripple XRP case. But first, 
We got Jackie in the building. Jackie, it's always exciting when you come on the show. How are you feeling today? And you look amazing. Thank you. Abs, I love you. Um, I feel great. Things are going well. I'm excited to get into the news today. We've got a we've got a bunch of stuff coming. Good news with Cardano. Um, yep. And yeah, lots of stuff. And we've got Algorand pumping as well. I'm seeing that in the live chat. So Algorand, XRP, Cardano, some of our favorite tokens are pumping this morning. And before we dive into the news, we already got 130 live listeners joining us today. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Thank you for making time for us. And now let's get this show started the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every single member of our team. We're at 1,822 followers. So go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin fear and greed index is in extreme fear this morning, still sitting at a 22, but that's pretty much where we've been all week. What's really worth addressing is what's happening in the total coin market cap as we are plummeting quickly this morning. Total coin market cap is $916 billion. Bitcoin is about 40% dominance. Ethereum is 17%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at $18,900 this morning. So we are below 19,000. Ethereum is 1266. XRP is the only token that I'm really excited about this morning. We are up 35% on the seven day, 11% during these 24 hours, sitting at 44 cents this morning. Cardano, same price, 44 cents. We've got Polygon at 73, Chainlink at $7, Stellar is 11 cents. Algorand is another token that's had some major moves this week as we are up 25% on the seven day, sitting at 36 cents this morning. Gonzo, I'd love to kick it to you, but I'm sure many of our listeners are wondering what the quant price is. So let me make sure I mention that. Quant is sitting at $101 this morning. So during all this bearish price action, some of our favorite tokens are actually increasing. What's going on, my friend? And what's this mean to you, Gonzo? Yeah, you know, I, I actually got in. Uh, I was uh, messaging Mario because like Quant got down to like 98, 96. And I was watching it and it, it was at a important level that if we were going to lose it, it was going to come down to the low to the high 80s. But we didn't lose the level, and you can obviously see it came back up. But still, it was a good time for dollar cost average. I actually got into some um, Polygon, some Matic, um, and I think I grabbed some Sand. And I always buy Matic and Sand together because I stake them on Sandbox because you get like 20% APY. So I always add to the liquidity pool where you bond them both together. So anytime I buy Matic, I buy um, Sand. So I, I got into some of that. Um, but yeah, like it, it, it was crazy. Like. Bitcoin needs to make up its mind, right? Um, you know, we got a lot of uh, hawkish news from the Fed. Uh, you're going to talk about it. I guess the, the Europeans, uh, they, they raised theirs 50 basis points, which is higher than, than in a very, very long time. Um, so we're, we've got to just kind of see how it goes, right? Everyone's like just waiting for that 17.5 level to go so that it could tumble. But I'm going to continue to dollar cost average. Yesterday was a good time to dollar cost average. Obviously, we're back up again. So, you know, I've just got to pick my spots. And we've been predicting this for quite a while. Not even predicting, but just having the awareness that during this time of the year, we may experience a big pullback. So it's no surprise that Bitcoin is really testing its market bottom. But Jackie, something people may not know about you is that you also do technical analysis. So I'm curious to see what you're looking at this morning. Is it a big deal that Bitcoin has fallen below 19,000, currently sitting at 18.9? I was just looking at the charts um, this morning because I went to bed early last night. Um, but I don't I don't think it's a big deal. Um, we're still in that range, guys. I don't uh, we're still in a channel um, that we've I mean, our, our candle wick low from the 17th of June was, you know, roughly that 17.5 area. So if we lose that, um, then definitely we will be going lower. But since we closed above that. Um, we're still trading in that range. Uh, so yeah, it kind of looks like 
you know, the volume's low. It's been low. Bitcoin does not look strong right now. Um, so I'm not placing bets that, you know, we're going to go way, way high anytime soon. But I believe, you know, most of the sentiment around is that we will break lower um, soon enough. So but as of right now, yeah, we're still trading in that range. Are yeah, you in- we, we need to. I just going to say we need yeah. to just retake 19.5. I'm looking at the chart over here on the right. So I'm sitting at my desk, I could actually have my computer up. But yeah, we need to get back up to 19.5 and take that level again. Because if we don't, then we're in more in danger of going down than going up. So we'll see what happens today. But definitely 19.5 is the level. Andrew Cashflow, I'd love to get some of your thoughts here. We're showing our listeners a tweet of the Federal Reserve inflation projections for the next four years. They're anticipating 5.4% inflation in 2022, 2.8 in 2023, 2.3 in 2024, and back to standard inflation at a flat 2% in 2025. Of course, the Fed is going to come out and say that they can get this thing back on track, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts. You're not an American citizen, but this does affect global markets. What's it mean to you, Andrew? Now, actually, this does affect global markets because the, the, the euro just follows the, the dollar. And actually, with, with the euro, uh, they were pretty late. The European Central Bank, Bank was pretty late with increasing their, uh, their interest rates. And that's why you also see that the, uh, the, the, the euro and the dollar, they went, uh, yeah, what is it, on, uh, on, uh, on, on the same, same level at this, at this moment. And, you know, if I see these numbers... 5.4, 2.8, 2.3, 2.0. I only ask myself, do you believe it? But, you know, on the other hand, what can the Federal Reserve do else? I mean, the, 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 the bad things already happened. They printed a, an enormous amount of money. That's what they did oh, everywhere in the world. Uh, uh, here in Europe, the, 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 the natural gas prices, get the, 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 the oil prices, every, everything goes to the roof. And it, it's really, for, for a lot of people, if you used to pay, for example, $200 per, man, per, per month for your, uh, for your energy bill, it gone up for some people to $800 uh, or euro per month. And it's really a sad story. I mean, we live with, with one, uh, 14, 14 or 16 million people, people in the Netherlands, maybe even more. And 1.5 million people are not able to pay their bills anymore. So... It, it's we are really facing a, a tough time, and I think the same will be in Netherlands or in uh, in the US. So inflation rates must come down. Yeah, I'm really curious what uh, what will happen with with gold and silver prices. Yeah, you know, and I also hold some some gold and silver. So yeah, it, it's it's for me it's a very interesting time. What uh, what's happening? And when I'm looking at these numbers, Andrew, it appears to me that there's clearly a rocky road ahead. But Gonzo, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts before we get into the news for today. The title of our video is XRP 2022-2023 Bull Run. We're going to break down exactly why that's the title. But before we do that, Gonzo, give me some of your thoughts. I was just going to say, you know, I was listening to the Fed yesterday. And as hawkish as it was and as the bad news that it seemed like it had, I feel, though, at least we have kind of a roadmap because they talked about, like, another 125 basis points to the end of the year. So if we follow that roadmap, we're looking at 75 next month. And then there's one more meeting, which should be 50, right? To get us at the 125. Now, he also said that they have to take it month by month and we have to see where inflation is. But at least we kind of have a roadmap. And then we also kind of have a roadmap to next year. I don't know the exact numbers because I'm going off the top of my head. So I don't want to misspeak. But at least there's kind of a loose roadmap uh, there to follow. And And that's what the market wants, right? The market wants security. It wants to know what's going to happen. It's when the market doesn't know or doesn't price in what happens that we get that uh, downward price pressure. So 
Uh, we'll see what happens, but it sounds like we're going to get another 75 next month. And then possibly if inflation starts to come down, uh, maybe another 50, but let's take it day by day and, and see what happens. Awesome. And Jackie, we had a question in the live chat for you. If you're anticipating the market collapsing in early November, how are you going to be operating there? Would you take the risk of shorting the market or are you just going to be accumulating at low prices? Yeah, I saw that um, with aggressive put options. Let's see. I do believe, um, and most of my team do believe that November 8th, along with you know the dates that we've been calling for Shemitah, things like that, that we will get a bottoming out November, December time. Um, as far as me though, right now, I think I've I learned my lesson with, uh, those, those aggressive, uh, tradings. And I think I'm just going to dollar cost average. That's kind of, that's kind of my plan for now. Um, so yeah, I think, I don't think it's a bad idea to definitely at least have some orders in at lower levels because, you know, with things, with how things are looking, um, I don't know abs actually, if you have that thread from blockchain backer, um, regarding yes, the dial. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty interesting perspective. And I think that, you know, he's right on track with a lot of that stuff. I was talking, you know, with Johnny, uh, about his 401k, what he plans to do with that. Cause I, I'm kind of telling my dad some of the same things. So yeah, be ready, be ready for the end of this end of this year. You know, I think a lot of things are going to line up with important dates and important timeframes, um, and events as far as like elections, things like that. Awesome. And there's actually a really cool index Johnny Crypto texted us about last night. It's UVXY. If you're looking to, to short the market, that is something we are currently doing. I'm not saying to go and do that. I'm just saying that's a vehicle you could use. But we have over 190 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We've got the Cardano Vasil Fork upgrade only six hours away. And it's really funny because Johnny Crypto would be bullish this morning. But we've got so much bullish news when it comes to these DeFi projects, whether it's XRP, we've got some bullish fronts on Ethereum, and now we've got bullish news on the Vasil Fork upgrade. This is pretty exciting. Gonzo, I'd like to start with you. When you think about ADA as a competitor to Ethereum, this is going to be a major move for them. So what does it mean to you that Vasil Fork upgrade is taking place right now? Yeah, you know, as long as there's no hiccups, which so far uh, I don't think there's been any, um, it, it, I think it's important, right? Because it's going to make it uh, more scalable. Uh, it's going to help with some fees. But I think the biggest thing that it does is just make it more scalable, right? And we know that ADA kind of takes things or Cardano takes things very slowly and it's very methodical. The only question is, is it going to be too slow? And history is going to answer that question, right? So far, so good. Um, but I think it's uh, bullish. I don't know what the price action is right now for, for ADA moving into it. We saw what happened with Ethereum. We got a little bit of a price pump and then we got a correction because we're in a bear market, right? So, um, but yeah, I, I think it's an important upgrade for ADA. Um, again, with the, with the scalability and making it a lot more scalable. Um, and so we'll see what happens. These guys kind of take their time. And so um, we'll see if eventually that wins out. I, I think it will. I think there's a place for ADA. Um, I think that it takes a lot longer. Um, it's going to take a lot longer, right? Because of the way that they do business. But um, hey, that's okay. Yes, Jackie, um, I know you had a... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think it's... Um, it's good. All of these, you know, all of these... Um, Upgrades to mainnet news are really, really big in the crypto space. But again, with being in the bear market, guys, this is something that's just another buy the rumor, sell the news event. Um, we saw that with Ethereum. Ethereum, you know, right now is much, much more watched, I guess, than than Cardano is, especially by, you know, just people who don't really know much about crypto. They would 
they would understand more about Ethereum or have heard of Ethereum over Cardano. So this is another event to watch out for, although it, it is it is a significant event um, to the development of Cardano and the main chain. It is something that is as far as as investing another buy the rumor, sell the news, in my opinion, for sure. And it's an interesting time for this upgrade to be taking place, Andrew. We always talk about how when these updates come in a, in a bull market, you get massive price action. But in a bear market, you get the opposite effect. When we saw the Ethereum upgrade, we said it from day one. This is a buy the rumor, sell the news situation. And that's exactly what's playing out. I'm interested to hear your sentiment about the Cardano news. Is this a similar situation where we could get some bullish momentum into this merge, but afterwards it's going to be a depreciation event? You know, what, what I'm, I'm just looking here at, at the Cardano chart for the last couple of, uh, of days, but actually it's still it's still going down. I don't see a, a social sentiment hype. Actually, I, I don't I don't see it at all. So what's happening there? Not much. And yeah, but so what should you do now? Just dollar cost average in in, in in Cardano. If you believe in the in the project, if you believe in the coin, I would do that. And we just spoke about shorting the market. I would say if you don't know what you're doing, don't do it. Because one one trade won't make you rich, but one trade can wipe out all your money. So that's what I that's what I want to say. Thank you, Andrew. And that's why we never mess around with leverage. One of the most dangerous games you can play is trying to mess around with leverage. And I've done it before and I've failed before. So I learned my lesson there. We got 210 live listeners. Let's jump into the news for today. XRP is making big moves, not only in price action, but when we talk about the ODL expansion around the planet, iRemit expands their partnership with Ripple to further leverage the ODL system for treasury management. Now let's explain why this is going to be huge because anybody who doesn't start to adopt this technology they're going to be at a disadvantage. So Ripple today announced that iRemit, the largest non-bank remittance service provider in the Philippines, is going to be using Ripple's ODL solution to improve its border treasury flows. This is a big deal because it leverages XRP specifically, and there's been tons of rumors about um, RippleNet possibly leveraging other currencies, but for this specific remittance system, they are using XRP. So that's very exciting. Iremit is now able to get 24-7 all-year-round access to liquidity for funding their requirements, thereby enabling same-day settlement globally. They're going to be one of the only companies on the planet to have access to this technology right now, and there's almost no American companies using this on-demand liquidity system. Jack, I'd love to start with you. What do you think about this new development between ODL and the fact that they've already acknowledged they are using XRP? I love seeing this, especially for the fact that um, it's in the Philippines. I just can't believe, um, gosh, all the all the kind of positive news that has been in connection with the Philippines and XRP. It kind of makes me feel a little bit special just because of my connection there. But I love I love to see it, especially for a a third world country um, like the Philippines. You know this. It, I, it, con it consistently reminds me of Cardano, the types of things that they're doing in Africa. Um, I think I feel like XRP is kind of doing that in, in Asia, um, you know, with the Philippines and things like that. So to be able to see and it's much, much needed um, for third world countries where, where um, families, you know, providers need to go overseas and they need to send money back. You know, we've talked about this many a time. They need to send money back to their families. Um, on-demand liquidity so you know that the exchange rate you know it's not changing and they're getting exactly what they're earning and providing it back to their family it's just a good thing to see and it's a much needed thing and i'm glad to see it happen
Guys, I would love to have this conversation right here. Somebody said, I'm really frustrated. I'm trying to educate my friends and family on XRP. Any advice? I know personally I've been through this journey, but I'm sure everybody in this group has. Gonzo, I'd love to start with you because I, I can give my personal take on how I got my family comfortable with this new information, but I'd love to hear from you first. Um, I, I can tell you that um, my experience has been like I, when I first came into the space and, and you get all excited and you start talking about it, um, I got the stink guy. I got made fun of. I still get made fun of, right? They, I, they call me Bitcoin, even though I'm not invested in Bitcoin, right? They should call me XRP, my biggest holding. But um, all I can say is that just do you, right? Like focus on you. And then what eventually will happen is as they wake up, they'll, you'll be there for them. Because I've had people that have kind of woken up and then they've come to me and said, hey, you know what? I, I have a question. Can you answer my question? And and even though they made fun of me before, I was always, I'm always here to help. So anytime somebody comes to me and asks me questions or asks for my help or advice, I'm always there to help them. But I don't, I don't push it on people anymore just because I had a very negative experience. People like laughing, making fun or whatever. I still get it. But you know what? I, I don't worry about it. But I, I just keep that open mind or that open relationship that when they are ready and they want some help, I will definitely still help them. I'm not going to be like, well, you were making fun of me. or remember when you called me Bitcoin or whatever. So just be there for them when they're ready. But you, you can't force people to wake up, right? You can't force them. Um, and even when you talk about it a lot, you just get those side looks. So um, just do you. And then when they're ready, just be there for them. That'll be, that'll be my advice. Also, I think one thing that would help is just surround yourself with people. It, I mean, if they're not going to listen, you know, you can't change someone else's uh, reality or their paradigm. You know, they're going to move along when when they're ready to move along. So if it's frustrating for you and you feel like you're the only one, I would surround yourself with people who are like you, like minded like you. And so that is people like us and people like the warriors in the academy. Um, if you're looking to educate yourself, you know, we've we've got all the education there. We've got two courses as well to educate. Andrew himself is actually this way ha, um, is actually coming out with a massive course. Um, Billy has his course, which has been very, very successful as well. Whether you want to do trading, whether you want to learn more about investing, learn about cryptos um, in of themselves. Uh, so look into joining the Academy, uh, and just, yeah, now's the time to get educated. Let, let, let me add one, one thing to the, to the mindset stuff. If you are maybe not so uh, amused by other people uh, around you that are not enthusiastic about, uh, crypto, just tell them about it. Just tell your story. Don't matter what they think about you. You know, you will planting a seed, just a small seed in their mind. And maybe in a month you tell the same story and then maybe they hear something else and the, and the seed will grow. And after a while, what you already said, uh, uh, Gonzo, they will come back to you. They say, hmm, what did you say about it? And maybe it takes weeks. It takes months. Maybe it takes another two years. But planting a seed is also valuable for others. And don't just say to yourself, I don't care what other people think of me. And then, and then you can just continue. And or tell them to call you in five years. No, yeah. <laughs> no, my I'm is going to be a little bit different because I think that if you're an if you're an individual entering this market today and you're educating yourself every day, you have to understand you're unique. So you're not going to be connecting with everybody about these specific topics. You're studying something that's such a niche. It's like if a 
physicist is going to come and talk to me about physics. Of course, I'm going to be dismissive. I don't understand enough. So one of the things that I would do is show them things that they're capable of understanding. For example, we're going to talk about this later in the episode. Rosie Rios is currently a partner of Ripple. She was the United States Treasury. Her signature is on every single $100 bill that is blue. So you can pull that $100 bill out, show your parents, and draw these connections. And I think it's a slow battle, right? It's only going to come when they see your success. When they see that you're becoming more successful, when they see all the things that are happening in your life that are amazing and, all, and the way that you're improving and educating yourself, of course, the people who love you are going to be supportive. So if that's all I can say, and that's my two cents right there, XRP to the moon, my friends. But let's get right back into the news because I've got a bunch of amazing articles prepared, but we're going to start off with this HBAR news because HBAR was supposed to be listed on Coinbase just last month. Well, we got an update stating we expect to re-enable deposits and begin trading HBAR on the Hedera network sometime in mid-October. So very vague. I wouldn't put, I wouldn't hold them to this. We see updates change all the time, but Gonzo, do you think this could be a big catalyst for HBAR when it does get listed on Coinbase? You know, it used to be that way. Like I remember like when we, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, like if something got listed on Coinbase, there was always a price pump, but I think that's kind of, you know, gone away. And you have to understand too, we're in a bear market. So I don't, to be honest with you, I don't really see that much price appreciation happening to HBAR because it's listed on Coinbase just because of the macro environment where we are. Um, and, and, you know, if we were in the middle of a bull market and this happened, I, I think it would. I think it would affect the price. But the where we are right now in the market, um, I, I don't. I don't think it it will. I could be wrong, but I'm a long term investor in, in HBAR anyway. So any price movement that's like 10, 15 percent really doesn't. I'm really not tripping off it because I'm not really trading HBAR. That's more for people that are trading, right? Yeah, and something I think people often forget is that HBAR has 50 billion total tokens and only 21 billion are in circulating supply. So we could have massive amounts of, of HBAR be dumped on the market over these next two or three years. And it wouldn't surprise me at all. We saw it happen during this bear market. But Andrew, I'd like to get some of your thoughts on Hedera in particular. Last month, we covered an update that NFTs are going to be coming to TVs using Hedera's technology. Now we're seeing it listed on Coinbase. What are some of your thoughts on HBAR? Is this one of the projects that you're a believer in? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm invested in HBAR. I bought uh, all the way uh, uh, the way down, and uh, I'm, I'm actually pretty good on HBAR. And, and you know, uh, I, I only invest uh, two to five hundred dollars in a specific coin on specific uh, specific levels. And uh, I'm just looking here. I see I see some uh, some volume, but but not much. And actually, I think the whole the whole market is low volume at the moment. And you know, today I, I moved some because I was, was preparing a, a, a part for a course and I moved some for, for $10 and moved Bitcoin from uh, Coinbase to a, to a wallet. You know, the, the transfer fee, the network fee was 33 cents. That's, that's insane. I mean, normally it was $7, $8, $12, you know, in, in the hype uh, period. And now it is 33 cents. So... I was really, I thought it, it, it can, this cannot be okay. But you know what? So what we see, we see low volume in the whole market. And that with low volume, volatility volatility can be high. But just when, when a bigger party is selling, yeah, you get sell pressure and it go, goes even further down. But I would say, don't, don't worry too much. We will, we will be in crypto winter for another uh, maybe 12 to 24 months. And, uh, and then it will come up again. So work your ass off and, uh, and, and and collect money for yourself and 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 dollar cost averaging in 
in, in your favorite cryptos and, 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 and be patient. Jackie, we always talk about how this market is going to have a massive consolidation event. So what we're trying to provide is which projects are going to survive that event. And HBAR is definitely on my list. Here's a really cool tweet we got from one of our listeners. It said, Elon Musk put the HBAR symbol on his Twitter as a hint. I remember when that went circulating around, but I want to hear some of your thoughts, Jackie. What are you looking at when it comes to HBAR? Is this going to be one of the tokens that when the SEC comes in and regulates all the shit tokens out of the market, is this going to be a survivor? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, there's so many... Uh, companies right now. What is it? The U.S. Not the uh, um, the CFTC. No, no, no. It's the uh, not the Navy, but it's it's a it's a department within the U.S. that's already using this technology. Correct. I I believe they're right. already. Yeah, I have to look that up again. Um, but that I, there's just way too many partnerships right now that they have. But also, I mean, it's part of the ISO. Um, collection of tokens as well. So all of those, I believe, I strongly, strongly believe in in the future. Awesome. Thank you, Jackie. And we're showing our listeners a list of the ISO compliant tokens right now, actually. So here's a really brief update. Stellar, Hedera, IOTA, XDC, Ripple, Algorand, and Quant are all of the known ISO compliant tokens. We got 240 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I am pulling up a video of Brad Garlinghouse right now talking about the smackdown that's taking place with the SEC. So I'm excited to play this clip right here. We're going to let this short clip play and get some comments from the group, starting with Gonzo. Here we go. XRP. There's no investment contract. If there's not a contract, how do you even get to the Howey test? So, look, I, I do think the SEC has kind of gone cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And I do think in a some positive way, it's catalyzing all of us to write to our legislatures, to donate to people we want to get elected. And it, I think it's, it may, the pendulum may swing a little bit of a smackdown to the SEC. XRP. Boom, that's music to my ears, Gonzo. And it gets me excited because now... As the price is moving, as these markets are super negative, Brad Garlinghouse and XRP are more prominent than ever that they're going to win this case. They keep coming out and making bold statements like this, and they were not doing this 12 months ago. So I'm interested to hear what that means for you. Yeah, you know, I'm just super bullish. Like, we know that we, you know, you guys talked about it on the show that both sides have now, like, told the judge that they want summary judgment, which means it doesn't have to go to, like, a trial, right? That's, that there's enough information there for the judge to make a decision, right? Um, and then you have another news story about the CDC coming in and being able to provide expert testimony, right? Because the concern is this, right? Because they they can put it this way. We know that we feel that they're gonna just win, right? Whether it's through the settlement or at a jury trial that they're gonna win, right? But the concern for us as investors is even if they lose, right? Where they can say, you know what? When you guys rolled out XRP, it was a security. Pay your fine, but future sales of XRP are not a security. And that's what we're that's what we want, right? So even if they lost, if that get we get that clarification that future sales of XRP are not a security, that is huge, right? Because they can pay their fine and we can all move forward, right? And I think that's what that story about the CDC is about, is they're gonna provide expert testimony about how it's not a security from this point forward but um yeah i i think the sec is going to lose um I, I i think that you know they're going to get a summary judgment um and it's going to be all in favor of of, of ripple so we'll, we'll see how it plays out guys uh, there was a question in the chat um from i think 
it's Savage Bro. I think that's what it was. He said there are rumors going about XRP 2.0 can release on a different blockchain, leaving investors holding the bag. Do you think that's possible? Do you want me to answer that, Jackie? Or yeah, do you anybody. Want um, so what I, I've heard these rumors forever, right? Like a private blockchain, a public blockchain. And what's really interesting is that when Brad Garlinghouse met with the CFTC this past week, that was the main part of their discussion. So I think this is one of those classic fallacies. It's one of these looming like scarcity events that are on the horizon. It's, it's not something I would take seriously. And there's been no evidence of XRP 2.0 even existing. So I wouldn't too put too much energy into that, but I'm interested to hear, you know, you guys thoughts. Did, didn't David Schwartz make a comment about this too, that you, you can't have, the private and the regular because of arbitrage, right? Because there'd be a price difference and then people would exploit the arbitrage, right? Because there's always a way to exploit something. So I think David Schwartz, if I'm not mistaken, has commented on this, that that because of arbitrage, there is no like private chain, regular chain because of the price difference. I believe he even commented on that at the XRPL Summit event. Um, and I, dude, I like David Schwartz a lot, man. I, I didn't really, you know, when you, when you get to meet someone in person and see them in person, you get a feel for their personality and who they are as a person. And, and he seems like a very great guy and he has, you know, he even has a humorous side, which I didn't know that. I thought he was like full on nerd, very dry, you know, very dry sense of humor, which it is a little bit dry, but I love that, man. That type of sense of humor makes me laugh. So I really enjoyed him. Awesome, Jackie. And thanks for pulling up that question. Savage Bro says thank you, which is pretty cool. So we're about to show our listeners a really interesting video from Jamie Dimon stating that all cryptocurrencies are Ponzi schemes. And I want to remind people that back in 2017, while his agency was accumulating Bitcoin and Ethereum, he was firing employees who were doing the same thing. So this is a guy who does one thing and tells you another. We're going to let this 25-second clip play here, and then we'll get some comments starting with Andrew Cashflow. Here we go. Crypto tokens, which you call currency, like Bitcoin, they are decentralized Ponzi schemes, and and the notion that's good for anybody is unbelievable. So we sit here in this room and talk about a lot of things, but two billion dollars have been lost every year, thirty billion dollars of ransomware, AML, sex trafficking, stealing, uh, is it, dangerous. So you see what they're trying to do here. Not only are they trying to state it's a Ponzi scheme, they're painting it in the light of nefarious activity. This is an old, outdated argument, Andrew. So I'm just going to give you the open floor. Are you surprised that the fact that Jamie Dimon is coming out and criticizing Bitcoin when he holds it? Yeah, of course. He he he, he just wants a lower price to, to get in. That That's my idea. Uh, on, on the other hand, there are, yeah, you know, there is so much fit, fit, fit in the market at the moment. And I'm not sure if he is serious or not. However, if I link this back to the XRP case, I was thinking this morning, the longer the XRP case takes, maybe it's even better for the crypto market because more and more people get the time to get educated because crypto is a dif difficult topic to wrap your head around. And and the more, yeah, the, the longer it takes with XRP, the more, uh, yeah, yeah, time people get to, to to do things. And yeah, a guy like this, is he serious? Is he not serious? It's fat. Um, I, I, I cannot tell. I, I have my own plans. I have my own strategy. Here's what's exciting. And here's what's good, Andrew. Whatever Jamie Dimon says, it's not going to determine the way this market goes. And we're going to dive into the regulation that's going to change this market today. But before we do that, Jackie, what are some of your thoughts on what JB Dimon had to say? Coach JV has always talked about what he did in 2017. He was purchasing Bitcoin, but firing employees who were doing the same thing. 
Now he's been coming out and giving you both sides of the coin. He's buying crypto, but then he's calling them Ponzi schemes and focusing on nefarious activity. I think it's a classic misdirection, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Oh, yeah. So flip floppy. He's totally buying uh, behind the scenes, telling other people not to invest. And don't they have JPM coin? Like, yeah, that, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. wasn't he talking like, positive the about crypto? Are you me of hypocrisy right now? Yeah. Like, <laughs> no my digital currencies, but we're going to come out with our own. <laughs> Dude, that's Go ahead, so No, I was just saying, wasn't he talking positive about crypto just a couple of months ago? I, I got to tell you, though, that is a first for me. I had never heard of cryptocurrency being associated with sex trafficking. I'm like, what? What, dude, that was so like far-fetched. That was like so out there. That is like saying like cryptocurrency is like uh, involved with like aliens invading <laughs> the earth. Like what, give it, dude? Give it like, a couple what? years. That's next bear market. What does, first of all, what does JP Morgan, what does he even, Jamie Dimon even know about sex trafficking? Like, what are you into, bro? Like, why did that even pop into your head, right? Yeah. Like, what is he into so that that came to, out of his brain, sex trafficking, right? <laughs> that that thought was in his head, right? That That's scary, dude. What are you into, bro? Yeah, yeah seriously. That's, that's scary. It's not a good situation, but here's one of the things that's important. He's not an elected official, so I don't know how we're going to get him out of that position. But let's dive into the important news for today because we're talking about crypto regulation. And Shark Tank star Kevin O'Leary says that one factor is going to determine the success of Bitcoin in the crypto markets as a whole. So policies are going to impact investments into the digital asset space. And that's what we're focused on right now as U.S. policymakers are going to be coming out with regulation in the next 18 months. Kevin O'Leary anticipates upcoming policies to have a positive stance for stablecoins because this will be bullish for both the U.S. dollar and the crypto market. The reason both sides will support stablecoins is that it would make the U.S. dollar the default currency globally. If a stablecoin is backed by the U.S. dollar in treasury bills and regulated in our payment system, this would be massive for U.S. dollar dominance around the world. Currently, the crypto market is down over 70% from its all-time high, and Kevin O'Leary believes that the U.S. will roll out its own crypto regulation within the next, teen, next 18 months. He says, we may have policy, and I think that will be reflected in the valuation firms like crypto miners and large-scale institutions who are looking to enter this market. He's given us tons of bullish news. Gonzo, you're at the top of my screen, so I'm going to kick it to you, my friend. How do you feel about crypto regulation? Yeah, you know, I think he's spot on. I think that they're going to use um, Terra Luna as an excuse to, to regulate um, stablecoins. I think it's the probably the easiest thing to regulate right now is stablecoins. But there's a lot, like you said, in that article – if you look like what they're talking about is a stable coin that is backed by the US dollar and treasury bills, right? So what are we talking about? USDC, right? Because they've, they've come out and they've said what even USDT has sold a lot of their um, commercial paper and they're starting to get more into the US dollar and treasuries, right? They've even, they've even made those announcements. So you can see where this is going, right? That we're about to get regulation and the regulation will probably be you have to be like disclosures and they're going to want that, you know, everything's up front, that it's attached to the U.S. dollar, that attached to U.S. treasuries. And that's why these other guys, USDC is already there. And that's why USDT is moving towards that because they're trying to set themselves up so that they survive regulation. Um, what I love about this article is the quote he gave right here, Andrew. It says, the reason both sides will support stablecoins is that it would make the U.S. dollar the default currency globally. And we know that the currencies are going through a massive shift right now. We've got BRICS nations trying to separate themselves from SWIFT. Now blockchain could be the solution to actually save the U.S. dollar. So I'm interested to hear what that means to you. Are you bullish on stablecoin regulation? And is the government incentivized to adopt this technology? 
I would say that if the, U the US is smart, they would stimulate stable coins. Because uh, indeed what you already said, Epps, what is happening with the BRIC countries, uh, Brazil, India, Russia, and China, they are creating current, currently a new a new uh, uh, sta stable coin or a new uh, uh, coin. And what you also see that there was a pact in the past with, with gold, a gold standard on the dollar. Then uh, Nixon had to cut that standard. And then they said, okay, let's connect the dollar to oil. So the US said, we will protect uh, um, uh, Saudi Arabia forever if you say okay oil always needs to be paid with dollars and what you now see is that saudi arabia also allows uh, rubles to be paid with and uh, and and the chinese yen to 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 pay pay oil even and europe is not buying any oil from russia anymore and what is happening now russia is is selling oil to saudi arabia ridiculous because Saudi Arabia has enough oil, but what are they doing? They are reselling that oil to Europe because they are allowed to, to sell uh, oil to Europe. And so we are still running on Russian oil. And and that whole and then yeah, sometimes I make myself a little bit angry. All oh, the whole sanction package. If you see, we have 255 or 256 countries in the world. 114 countries are not supporting the the sanctions to uh, to Russia. So so and they are just doing like not nothing happens. They they continue with trading and 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 everything just continues and we are here yeah make, making troubles. I would say guys talk to each other and and and, and start start being normal again. And it's such an interesting time in human history, Andrew, because like, right, we can just go into the next article. China is expanding their digital one. And one of the things that's interesting is that America is going to be left behind. If we don't adopt this technology, we're going to have a disadvantage. And when you listen to U.S. politicians speak, they often refer to the evolution happening in China as a threat to our economic success. So I want to go right back to you, Andrew, just briefly. Do you believe that America has no choice but to adopt this technology because many of the nations that we're competing with are already ahead of the game when it comes to this this CBDC evolution? I mean, I would say watch the video from Ray Dalio, Changing World Order. You know, every 80 to, to, to 90 years, a new world reserve currency will, will, will arise. And I think if U.S. will stay worldwide leader with the currency they must must uh, uh yeah emphasis on, on on stable coins on us dollar backed stable coins to to get that at least worldwide adopted and what they are doing now because yeah who is the producer of the whole world that is china and and america is not producing so much anymore so america and also europe they are weakening and china is coming up so the new the new major power in the world will, will be China. And yeah, I would say US and also Europe embrace cryptocurrency, embrace the first step you need to do is embrace the stable coins and get worldwide trading in stable coins because it's unavoidable. And if, if Europe and, and um, the US doesn't do it, other countries will do it.
Yeah, and what's typically been an advantage for the United States if we've allowed innovation to take place within our nation, and now you're seeing that go away. It's like we're suing some of the most prominent technological companies in our country are being pushed out, and then you have China making more and more use cases for these digital wand and digital case scenarios. But Gonzo, I want to get some of your thoughts on this digital wand news. They're expanding their pilot testing. They're going to be adding four new cities within their country. Currently, it's over 260 million Chinese citizens have access to the digital wand. And it seems like every couple of weeks, a few more million are added. What does this mean to you? And is the United States going to have no choice but to roll out a CBDC in 2023 just to keep up with China's innovation? It seems like it, right? Because it seems like the U.S. is behind the eight ball, right? With all the infighting, with the politics, the left and right, and everything that they're doing. Um, we're now like behind because these guys are going to continue moving forward, right? They're going to add more and more cities. And like the article says, by 2025, they're going to have the uh, the first kind of CBDC, the digital yuan, right? And then they're going to start making moves. So if, like Coach always says, like if the U.S. doesn't get their shit together, uh, they're going to have some serious problems. And unfortunately, Jackie, we may have no choice but to get our stuff together because China's moving so quickly. And we've seen other nations who are currently developing a CBDC at the same time. I just want to get some of your brief thoughts. Do you think that we are going to see a day when a CBDC is more dominant than the U.S. dollar? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the way Andrew broke it down was really great um, because I because my opinion is and I a, a couple members of the group as well. You know, we are having we are going to have a new world order. And I think this is I think this is all part of the plan to set that in play. Um, we, you know, the U.S., Europe, we're getting in our own way, um, fighting, 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 kind of cutting, cutting out our legs from underneath us by not um, I don't know, by not picking up agreements on regulation, by not looking further into the technology. I mean, we're just barely, you know, starting to to break through the weeds on like, okay, I guess we can look further into this. You know what I mean? And it's like other countries already have it somewhat adopted. So it is, it's, it's frustrating to see, but when you kind of take a macro perspective on all the elite people at the top who are behind all of this, it's kind of the implementation of bringing a new world order about. So so yeah, it's you kind of it's a, a battle in and of yourself as well to not be frustrated, but to understand that you know this is this is kind of what is going to be pushed down the road. Yeah, and what I think is important to know is that oftentimes they pretend not to understand this technology, but the first cryptocurrency patent was filed in 1988, so they've right. been testing this stuff out for years. And to think that the Fed is just now testing a central bank digital currency right before they're about to roll it out to the public. I just think it's almost, it's near impossible. But let's get back to the XRP news because we have a video of Warren Buffett and his good friend, Charlie Munger, talking about how important Rosie Rios is. And I want to remind our listeners that Rosie Rios is on the board of director for Ripple. And if anybody has a blue $100 bill out there, pull out that blue 100 and you will see Rosie Rios' signature. So we're going to let this short clip play and talk about how Warren Buffett is indicating the future success of XRP. I'm not going to ask about money. I'm so... Uh, if we'll put up uh, 20-1, it's a photo of a $20 bill down in the lower left-hand corner. Incidentally, I think Rosie Rios, uh, who signed this note, I think she signed more, more uh, U.S. currency than, than uh, any other person in history. Uh, so if you see Rosie, you know, you... 
cozy up to her. I mean, this is a woman that has issued a lot of currency. Boom. And she's about to issue a lot more, not only saying that she was not going to be producing any more $100 US bills, but they were going to be shifting digital. And then what happened right after that? She went to Ripple. She went to XRP. Jackie, I'd love to start with you. Warren Buffett is hinting at the success of XRP because he is bold on Rosie Rios. And Rosie Rios is on the board of advisors for this project. So what does it mean to you? And do you think uh, Warren Buffett is aware of XRP? I'm laughing at his last comment, cozy up to Rosie Rios, because she's issued more currency than I, I wish I could cozy up next to Rosie Rios. Um, no, I I do, you know, I think there obviously there's a connection with Rosie Rios um being on the treasury and then you know now backing XRP. I I was kind of looking at some um news in the past and which I thought was funny. Um there was an article, you know, back in July uh of this year his um you know i think it was from warren buffett himself saying not to you know after the terra luna crash saying not to invest in into bitcoin ethereum um binance he listed solana cardano and he listed xrp as well um and so it's kind of interesting to see to see you know him backing rosie rios who also has a connection with ripple so I don't know. Very, very flip floppy, very, uh, you know, shady on on his part when he came out back in July saying that. Um, but I do. Obviously, Warren Buffett is in on the know. So I think he I think he himself backs XRP as well. So don't be fooled. I want to update our listeners really quick. Somebody in the live chat commented, we've got XLS 20D news for the XRP. The vote has started to move back positive today. So we'll be sure to update our listeners on that tomorrow once I have more information. But I do want to go to Andrew Cashflow. Andrew, these are the old paradigm of generational wealth, right? You used to create generational wealth by following what Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger were doing through the S&P and through the stock markets. Do you think they have an understanding of the crypto markets today? And if so, what does it mean that they're bullish on Rosie Rios? Mm, you know, Rosie Rios knows money. These two guys also know money. However, they know the old school money. And that's good enough for them. They made so much money. This is what they know. And they also say, stay with what you know. And that's what these guys do. And I think I, I don't I even don't blame them that they don't study too much the, the cryptocurrency. They have maybe another 10 years to live. I don't know, but um, did they do a good job in the past? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and maybe they, they know something about uh, uh, cryptos, but yeah, just their, their feeling cannot admit that it might be something new because it never was for 100 years. They did something else. So I think they have, they have also troubles with their own paradigms, how to make money, and they cannot make the mind shift to 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 crypto and it doesn't matter because these guys they have done so well in their whole life and and so i i admire them and then you know what's funny is that through all that generational wealth they've made warren buffett lives in a four hundred thousand dollar home and i think it's a, a omaha maybe it's wisconsin i believe which is pretty funny because that's where he originally started so I want to remind our listeners, 240 live listeners out there, show us some love, smash that like button. Gonzo, I'm kicking it to you, but I want to remind people that Andrew Cashflow just fired shots at Warren Buffett for being 10 years away from death. Well, dude, I might fire some more shots. Look, look, a couple things, right? First of all, 
it just tells you how special like Rosie Rios is and the team at Ripple, right? Their recruiting and the people that they bring into that ecosystem, how talented they are and how truly special they are. So that's bullish for Ripple, right? And so if you're a credit investor and you can get into Ripple pre-IPO, this is why you get into it, right? And then hopefully that translates over to XRP. As far as Warren Buffett, dude, that guy's a legend, right? He's a legend. What I was looking at when I was watching that video is how old he seemed. Like he couldn't even kind of get his words out. And it's like Tom Brady, right? He's the greatest hands down, greatest quarterback to ever play the game. And he's still playing. If he continues to play, eventually he'll not be, right? And so these guys were the greatest. They made some of the best decisions until they don't, right? I mean, at some point, they're not going to be the greatest anymore, right? Because they just can't keep up. Now they have teams around them that do all the research and do all the stuff. It just becomes a, a choice of, are they going to listen? But these guys are getting way up there in age and technology is moving faster than I think they are. And like I, like I said, I'm not taking anything away from him. He's one of the, like the, the founders of investment, like his strategies are like top notch, but eventually it's not, you know, he's going to, he, he's made all these really good decisions until you don't right. Because of age. Jackie, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts because Warren Buffett, he's either going to, I mean, I, I, I'll just give you the floor. Sorry. You're fine. Um, we were, we were messaging the private chat guys. <laughs> um, I wanted to point out JVR's comment, which is hilarious. Uh, he says they have so much money. It doesn't matter what they hop on the train. They won't ever be late, which is true. If you look up Warren Buffett's net worth, it's actually almost matched the entire market cap of cryptocurrency in, in whole. So he's absolutely right. Anything that these guys, and that's, that's why we commonly say on the show, you know, follow, follow what the big fish are doing because they, they have the ability to move market price. They have the ability to make, you know, one cryptocurrency go up and down. Um, so if you do believe exactly, you know, kind of the connections here that Warren Buffett is into XRP, he is a backer of Ripple, um, you know, that's, that's your answer. Awesome. And we have another really cool video for our listeners as we found a video of Brad Garlinghouse talking about what it's like to work with U S regulators. This is really interesting because of everything happening with the case today. This gives you some insight into what it was like for ripple to try and work with the sec before the lawsuit ever came down. So I want to play this short clip, lots of videos today for our listeners. We'll let this clip play and get some comments from the group. Here we go. If you approach the regulators with a, you need to adapt to us. I mean, that is dead on arrival. Like I, in my experience and globally, and frankly, even here in Davos, meeting with financial regulators in all kinds of countries, I, I think uh, we have to acknowledge Ben Bernanke, the former head of the U.S. Fed, came to one of Ripple's uh, customer events. And one of the things he said is countries will not give up their ability to control monetary supply. They will roll tanks yep. into the streets first because it's giving up sovereignty. Andrew, I'd love to go to you there because he said countries will not give up their monetary control. They'll roll tanks into the streets before that happens. I'd love to get some insight from you. What does that mean? Do you think that's possible? Yeah, that is a sad story. It is really a sad story. I mean, in the in the past, we uh, we had uh, everything was decided by the church, you know, uh, two, two, 200 years ago. And then we, we, we get the separation from church and state. And the next thing what will happen is separation from uh, money and state. But because you have the ability to create money, you have so much power because who has the money? Who has the power? 
So, and I think he's right that that sitting governments will really uh, do everything what's in their power to keep the power over the money. And this is a really sad story. Yeah. Thank you, Andrew. And I'm going to let the remainder of this clip play and we'll get comments from Jackie and Gonzo as well. So here we go. And we can debate whether or not some countries at the longer tail ever had control of their money supply. <laughs> but the G20, I think whether, I mean, I agree with Jeremy that digital cash, or excuse me, uh, cash is anonymous and private and all those things. But if you ever walk into the bank and ask to withdraw $20,000 of cash, uh, they're going to ask you a lot of questions. Uh, if you Yes, and everybody who's been in the banking system has experienced that, especially in crypto. For me, I use a local bank, and every single time I deposit onto any exchange that's not Coinbase, I have to get on the phone, call the regional manager, tell them that that's me transferring my money, and then they'll send it through. It's a process that's not sustainable, but I'd love to hear from Jackie and Gonzo. Gonzo, what does this video mean to you, and how do you feel that we need these upgrades? This is not an optional situation. Yeah, I mean, I think he's spot on. I don't think that the governments are going to give up control. I think that's what CBDCs are all about, right? Is so that they have more control. Uh, and like, you know, uh, Andrew says, it's sad. Uh, and, and it's unavoidable, right? CBDCs are unavoidable. All we can do is position ourselves in the best position possible. Um, and, and, and that's kind of why we're here. Thank you, Gonzo. And I'm showing a really interesting tweet explaining the decoupling that has happened between XRP and the rest of the crypto market over these past 30 days. There is a 51% difference in divergence between Ethereum and XRP over the last 30 days. XRP is up over 35%. This graph is a little bit outdated. So it's up over 35% in the last 30 days. And we have Ethereum down over 23% at the same time. Jackie, what does it mean to you that while this whole market is turning bearish, we've got some positive news on the XRP front? I actually am kind of, it's cool to see this because I know I've been saying this in some of our um, calls within the Academy. I know some, of, I know a lot of people have been saying this on Good Morning Crypto Show. We might see a decoupling happen first with XRP just to, just because of the catalysts that are, that are backing it. You know, it has the SEC case behind it, things like that. So I think, you know, if we do see a decoupling event, my honestly, my bet's on XRP. Um, above other cryptos just because it does have those other catalysts. And within the past couple of days, that has been very interesting. That's the only one that's stuck, you know, the diamond in the rough that stood out that's been going up while everything else has been tanking. So, so really interesting to see that. Hoping for is that this is just the beginning. The biggest positive news is yet to come into this market. And I believe that the Ripple versus SEC case is going to play a major role. Gonzo, we're closing this episode out. We only got a couple of minutes left, but I'd love to just remind our listeners about these ISO compliant tokens. When we had BitBoy on the show, he said there was a possibility of ADA Cardano becoming ISO compliant with the Vasil hard fork taking place today. I'd love to just give you a chance to close us out with this minute. Do you think Cardano could ever become ISO compliant? Oh yeah, for sure. Totally right. It, it can. Uh, but, you know, this is the time right now to do your research, right? Do your research, figure out your investment thesis, what kind of investor you're going to be, because this is the time to do that. Because when we, we're, we're closer to that bottom now than ever, right? We need to start paying attention. But do your research, get your investment thesis down, figure out your dollar cost average strategy, what cryptos you're going to invest. And we hit that bottom, start DCAing in. So don't sleep on it. Awesome, guys. And we're going to close this thing out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Gonzo. Thank you to Andrew Cashflow. And thank you to Jackie. Sorry, I queued up the wrong music. Typically, we have somebody who does that for me. But I want to say I will see you guys in 23 hours. I love you. Thank you for joining us. It's like we always say, Warriors, 
Rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Savage. Let's go. <laughs> we can 